thing according to His will, He heareth us. Now, God answers prayer. <clears throat> I think uh, if you really look at this, the Bible is saying not only does He hear us, but He responds. He answers prayer. God answers prayer. You know, there's a lot of people that don't even believe that God cares about your problems. But He does. And you may be seated. God answers prayer. Basically, prayer is conversing with God or talking to God. That's what it's all about. And I am I'm just so thankful for the prayer meetings that we have had here at Calvary Gospel Church. God has been moving and touching and talking. We've had so many, many different uh, avenues in which God has has reached down and touched. I remember years ago going into a room and there was a doctor there and the doctor had uh, diagnosed uh, the situation. A young boy had spinal meningitis and uh, he was uh, stretched out on some type of a cot and of course his neck was all back and he was in having a, a convulsions. Uh, the doctor was had called the paramedic and and they were going to put him in emergency vehicle and transport him to the hospital. The doctor had previously examined this boy. I don't remember now all the details, but this uh, young boy was involved in a Sunday school drive at our church. Was not a member of our church. His parents did not attend. Now his grandmother came to our church. She got him all excited about a Sunday school drive. And he was real close to winning a four-week Sunday school drive. I don't know what the prize was, but he wanted that prize. And would you believe on Saturday night, he had this very, very severe attack. And the doctor was there. We were waiting on the uh, emergency vehicle and ambulance to take him into the hospital. And I got to thinking about this little boy and how he was looking forward to coming to Sunday school. And he had prayed. His grandmother told me, he said, you know, it's, it's a shame that he won't be able to come because he's been praying all week long. He's been talking, talking to the Lord. I think the boy was seven, maybe eight, possibly six. But I, I can remember this so very vividly. I walked over. And I talked to the doctor. Dr. Pardon was his name. And I said, Dr. Pardon, I would like to lay hands on this boy and anoint him with oil and pray for him. And he was just kind of an old-fashioned, uh, small-town doctor, you know. Uh, he just kind of grunted and says, well, all right, I guess. And stepped back. And I lay hands on this boy and began to pray. And as I began to pray, you could see right away the convulsions that he was having. He be, they began to cease, and he began to straighten up somewhat, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. About that time then, uh, <coughs> the ambulance arrived. Uh, uh, the emergency squad came in, and they picked him up, and I prayed one last prayer. They took him down to Nacogdoches, Texas, admitted him into the hospital. The time they got him in the hospital, he was talking. Everything was all right. Uh, they checked him over and said, you know, we can't uh, really 
find any reason why he ought to be here. Uh, his grandmother brought him back, and he was in church the next morning with all of his visitors to win his Sunday school prize. <clears throat> Praise God. Isn't that great? God answers prayer. Now, <clears throat> we could go into a lot of Scripture, and I believe in the Scripture. And you know I believe in the Scripture. In fact, if anything, probably I put too much into a lot of uh, my messages. I tell young men going into the ministry, I said, now you don't need but a certain amount of evidence to prove your case. So you don't have to take everything in the Bible about one subject and give it at one time because if you ever want to preach on that again, you've already used all your you know, your scriptures. See? <laughs> so <clears throat> Brother Crowder, when he first started preaching, he was uh, he wanted to go so long because he just felt he just had to just overwhelm everyone with all the evidence. So I, I uh, told him, I said, what you need to do is cut your message in half, use half of the material, uh, don't talk so fast, because uh, he was trying to get it all in. You know, he's going and going and going and going. I still remember Brother, Cr- Brother Crowder. You know, he's just, you know, Brother Crowder, just a, one of a kind. He he laughed about it, and he said, <laughs> what you're saying is, Brother Grant, I'm preaching too long. <laughs> he said, well, <clears throat> he said, uh, I'm, I'm having problems, he said. Uh, I feel that uh, the quality is not quite right. So he said, I determined. <laughs> now, <clears throat> you young ministers, don't use this as a philosophy. He said, I determined what I lacked in quality, I'd make up for in quantity. <laughs> if I just gave people a lot more. <laughs> I said, well, <clears throat> the only thing, you know, it it just doesn't work that way. Someone once said that, that you know, the mind can only comprehend what the seat is able to endure. And... Uh, so we'll try <laughs> we'll try not to overwhelm you tonight. And if this gets to be long, you can blame it on people that have long testimonies, okay? <clears throat> so when I call on you to give your testimony, I'd like for you to, to limit the uh you know, the length of it. Some people want to give every little detail. Let's just give God the glory. Now, <clears throat> one purpose of prayer is that it satisfies inner needs. Let's turn to Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. Uh, this <clears throat> is such a beautiful scripture. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And the word heart is used here. It's actually talking about a deer. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I think that inside of every man, there is a desire to be acquainted with God. Now, the thing about it is, we want to know about God. But you you don't, you know, you just can't take a big telescope and set it out someplace on a hillside and look into the heavens and say, where is God? I want to find out what He looks like. I want to know more about Him. You can't somehow take some type of slide and put it under a microscope Look down through that and and say, well, this is this is what God is. If you want to know what God is all about, you need to take that longing, that emptiness inside of your soul, and you need to start talking with God. You will find that God satisfies inner needs. My mind goes to a situation that 
Uh, I experienced, I remember one night as I began to preach, a lady in our church uh, started weeping. Uh, I was not for sure why she wept so. She continued to weep. She wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. The longer I preached, the more she wept. And finally she just burst out in praise, magnification to God. She started singing. She sung. Uh, <clears throat> several people gathered around her and began to pray with her. Uh, we really didn't know what the I say problem, what, what was going on. So we, we prayed with her, and after a while, uh, she, you know, she, she just kept on praying. We didn't, we didn't want to stop her. We, we didn't know what to do, though. So uh, I took the, the hymnal, and we began to sing some songs, and uh, she just kept on praising the Lord. Finally, she just literally got drunk in the Spirit. She just couldn't, couldn't hardly stand up. Several sisters were having to hold her up, and, and she just... You know, she she just lost all of her strength. And then she started laughing, and she laughed and laughed and laughed. And, uh, of course, everybody started laughing with her. And uh, uh, then she went out to the car, and and someone had to open the door to the car. Her husband, uh, who was a minister, uh, you know, he was just puzzled what's, what's taking place. And no doubt about it, you know, she was in deep communication with God. In the car, uh, going home, uh, she spoke with other tongues most of the way home, sang in the Spirit, laughed a while. She morning got home, the lights were turned out and the phone rang. It happened to be her sister. Her sister uh, said, your, your brother is in need of prayer. He's in the hospital. They rushed to the hospital, and when they arrived there, they found that her brother was dead already. And uh, for some unknown reason, nobody knew, he had left a, a note saying that he was killing himself and he had taken a gun out of the gun closet and shot himself through the head and killed himself. When I uh, talked with this sister, she said, you know, Pastor, I knew Sunday night I was embarrassing everyone. And I'm not really for sure why that, uh, you know, this came upon me like it did at the time. But she said, there was something inside of me. My heart uh, was just pounding so rapidly, and there was there was such a, an urge inside of me to, to seek God. I, 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 it was like I, I needed a drink of water, and I was dying if I didn't get that water. Uh I needed God. There was such a desire inside of me to pray. There was such a desire inside of me to worship. She said, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't stop. So she said, I just I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And all of a sudden, I, you know, she's praying to herself then. I just had to let it out. And once I did, I thought, oh, my, I really made a mistake because I could not stop. I just, I just couldn't. Now she says, I, I know why I needed that blessing. She said, my brother and I were very close. I don't know that I could have stood this if God had not have blessed me. Now, maybe God's blessed someone in a special way like this. Now, we're going to be talking about God giving guidance. We're also going to be talking about dealing with worry.
we're going to be talking about defeating sin and temptation through prayer. But uh, as far as God satisfying the inner need, maybe maybe someone has a testimony. If you'd like to stand, if you're way in the back or way up close to the front, no one can hear. I'll get this mic out, and you can just address everyone. Uh, who who would like to stand up and testify uh, about God uh, just meeting that inner need, uh, a hunger welling up inside of you? Anybody want to stand? Praise God. All right, Brother Brunker, stand up. Brother Brunker is going to testify right now. So talk a little bit louder if you can. And Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I get so caught up in the administrative aspect of the church. Uh, it, it's very, very difficult to me, for me when I get here, uh, that is, when everyone has already arrived, that staff, it's difficult for me to come in and do much in, in the line of studying and praying because the phone's just ringing or something to take care of. And, and every now and then, and this happened to me this week, you know, just the administrative aspect of just, you know, you, you think about the cares of this life, you know. Now, I know you have to pay bills and insurance and keep everything going and you know there's a lot of concerns and such but when you look at all of that that does not satisfy the need of your heart you can do all that but it does not do it you can go out witnessing that does not do it either uh you can you can teach a sunday school class that does not do it there is no compensation none whatsoever for your relationship with God. You've got to get alone with God. You've got to seek God. You've got to you've got to personally get with God. You've got to talk to God. Somebody else want to stand and testify. Okay. All right, Sister Shannon.
Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Now, before I go on to another uh, line of thinking as far as prayer, do we have one other quick testimony? Sister Rowe. Can you hear her in the back? Oh, praise God. Isn't that great? Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Psalm 63, verse 1, and then verse 5 through 8. O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And then verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with Mara and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Don't you, don't you feel so privileged when you can lie down at night and, or maybe even wake up in the middle of the night and just start praising the Lord, thanking God for all he's done? Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Praise God. It's great to know that you're on God's side. That you're on God's side. Praise God. All right, let's talk about prayer giving guidance. You know, God can give you direction right while you're praying. Uh, If you are in need of direction... I tell people, don't just, you know, jump on your horse and ride off in all directions. Uh, <clears throat> seek God. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Uh, <clears throat> this is a scripture I think that most of you could quote. <clears throat> Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, it shall be given you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. 
I like to look at this uh, when it speaks of knock, it shall be opened unto you as, as, as doors of opportunity opening. I tell people that are concerned about the will of God, uh, the best way to find the will of God is just do every day what you need to do. If you'll do that, uh, God will open a door and you'll end up walking through it. A lot of people make the mistake of seeking God for direction years down. The, you know, what are you going to be doing ten years from now? That may be a big concern to some people. I don't even worry about that. Uh, my big concern is, am I doing today what I know I need to do? Now, I've tried to live by this. This is something that I just discovered in the Scripture because I think it is, uh, <clears throat> I think it is correct. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I remember when I was in lacrosse, I had this, this hunger, not lacrosse, Shano. I had this real hunger to come over me where I just started to seeking God. You know, you, you'll have periods of time in which it'll be that way. There are other times when you have to make yourself pray. You know that? Prayer, it's, it's difficult to discipline yourself to prayer. But uh, at that time, it was easy, and I... I I knew that, you know, something was in the making. I didn't know what, but it's, it's just a situation where I couldn't stop praying. And when I was praying in our church one night, uh, it, was, it was like I, I went into a trance. Uh, I know that I was not, uh, you know, I, I knew what was going on around me. And I wouldn't call this a vision, but uh, more just in my own mind I saw this as I, as I began to pray. I had gone with Brother Blackshear over to La Crosse. And, uh, of course, the church in Shawna was doing well. Sister Grant and I were full-time with the church, and we was moving along. We were having a lot of people getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I had no idea when I was praying that it had anything to do with me moving. But I had gone with Brother Blackshear, actually around the state, and he wanted me to go with him over to La Crosse. So we went over there, and I saw this little tiny building. And that's all I saw that we had over there. We just had a little tiny building right across from the high school. Would you believe as I began to pray, it was like I just focused in on that building. I saw this building. And as I began to pray, I saw a teenager come up to this building and go inside. Then I saw several of the people from the nearby high school come up and start making fun of this young teenage girl that had gone in this building. And I'd, I had such a burden for her that I began to pray for her as she conversed with them. She was trying to tell them why that she was living a life of holiness and separation and why she was not involved in drugs and such. Now, I found out later the church did not have a young teenage girl in it. But nevertheless, this is what I saw and I began to weep and cry. Now, after I had fully prayed for a long time about this, I kind of came back to my composure. And I began to think about this. But when I came back, I had this deep, deep burden inside to move to lacrosse. And it was then that I took a trip down there and I, I uh, prayed about it. And then I asked a few people about lacrosse and... They said, well, the church has been there 16 years. There's never been much. Brother Mansur had been down there. Uh, he is such a great man of God and still is. Brother Mansur lives up in, in Stanley. So nothing that I'm saying 
is intending intended to be in any way negative toward Brother and Sister Manser. They're precious people. Precious people. But I prayed about it. I found out Brother Manser was wanting to leave, and he was wanting someone to, to come, but nobody had uh, volunteered to come. Now, <clears throat> when Sister Grant and I were in Bible school, we decided that we wanted to spend 10 years or more doing home missions work. And our plan was, because I thought I could make a living, uh, going go into a city and make a living uh, with my hands, I thought what I could do was get a church started and get it up to where it would be uh, inviting for someone else to come. You know, I was young and full of uh, adventure, and this is what I wanted to do. And uh, that's why we moved to... To Cushion, Texas, to start the church. That's why we moved to La Crosse. I'm at Tishano now. I'm going to La Crosse. But I was told the church has been here. Nobody wants to be saved. Everybody knows about Pentecost. So what I did, I took my tape recorder and I went downtown and I, I interviewed people, surveyed people. Now I want to ask you a few questions. And I so I asked questions about the Bible. Then I asked them, Have you ever heard? <clears throat> Of the, uh, can't even remember the name of the church now, Apostolic Tabernacle Church. Uh, we just went by Apostolic Tabernacle, and uh, nobody had ever heard of it. And I said, "Have you ever heard of the Holy Ghost?" Uh, now Lacrosse is a, it's a heavy Catholic town, and you, you know the way Catholics send their prayers. It's not only true of Catholics, but most Trinitarians in the name of the Father the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. You'd think people would have heard that. But I was amazed at the people that I talked with when I asked them, have you ever heard of the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost. One man said, is that some kind of a book? <laughs> One teenager, when I asked the teenager about the Holy Ghost, he said, I think that's a new rock group, isn't it? <clears throat> I was thoroughly convinced after I, I, I had never had been so convinced after all these people, nobody knew anything about Pentecost. And then I asked, have you ever heard of Pentecost? Nobody had ever heard it. Nobody. I was convinced that I needed to move. And God began to open the doors. Now here's a situation where, you know, I wasn't worrying about the future. I was happy where I was. But I felt God wanted me to make the change. And this came about as a result of me just getting this real burden inside. And I began to seek God. Now, God can give guidance to you. I don't know if we have anyone that's worried about, about the future. The worst thing you can do is worry about it. The best thing you can do is be concerned. There's just a fine line between worry and concern. And the difference is that you turn it over to Jesus and you don't spend all of your time fretting over it. But maybe somebody likes to stand up and give us a testimony. Okay, Brother Eckenrod.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If it's okay, I'm going to tell a little bit more about that. Brother and Sister Eckenrod, and this would be really an opportunity that that a young minister's wife would really enjoy. They were asked to go be a furlough replacement in Jordan for Brother and Sister Reed. And uh, Brother Reed had called him and talked to him about it. And he was all excited about it. I was quite excited about it. But all of a sudden, it was just like God says, Oh, no, that's that's not for now. But here's a man that uh, really sought God and whatever God wants. Whatever God wants. All right, somebody else. Uh, you've been seeking direction. Tell us about how God has helped you find direction. All right, this gentleman here on the front. I'm sorry. Michael. Okay, Michael, stand up.
Thank you, Lord. Oh, Thank you, God. That's great. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's great. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord, too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God wonderful? My, 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 my. God is so, so wonderful. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. James, the first chapter. Yes, Brother Miller. Yes. Yes, he does. My Jesus. Oh. 
Lord of glory. Yes, he is. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Praise God. I'm glad you gave that testimony before I read this scripture, Brother Miller. James, the first chapter, we'll start reading with verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith nothing, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with a wind and tossed. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I want to read this from a different translation, so if you'll just listen to me. My brothers, count yourself fortunate when all kinds of trials come your way. For you know that when your faith succeeds in facing such trials, the result is the ability to endure. But be sure that your endurance carries you all the way without failing so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should pray to God, who will give it to you, for God gives generously and graciously to all. But you must believe when you pray, and not doubt at all, for whosoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown by the wind. Any such person must not think that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is like this, for he is unsure and he is undecided in every step that he takes. Praise God. The scripture is teaching us, put your faith in God. Believe God. And as Brother Miller said, sometimes it seems like heaven may be shut up and like praying against brass. But God is still God. Praise God. Keep your confidence in Him. Right always overcomes might. Always. And if you're right, God will always come and defend you. Praise God. I'm enjoying this, are you? Praise God. This is good. This is really good. All right, let's talk about dealing with worry. <clears throat> Do any of you have a problem with this? <clears throat> Do we have anyone here? That worries a lot. <clears throat> All right, we have a few people confessing. Uh, <clears throat> Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. 
The scripture starts out by saying, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto the Lord. Basically what he's saying when he says be careful for nothing, he's saying, don't worry about everything. Why? Because he says if you're worrying about it, that denotes what? Unbelief. Put your trust and confidence in God. See? Isn't that what the scriptures say? 1 Peter 5, verse 7, teaches us to cast all of our cares upon Him, for He careth for us. And when it says, cast all of your cares upon Him, that's really what it's talking about. Just like a baseball player, a pitcher, would take and hurl or throw from the pitcher's mound that baseball, some in excess of 90 miles an hour. That's what it's saying. Throw it at Jesus. He cares for you. You've heard me tell this story, and then we'll take some testimonies. But I remember when I was in Bible school, we had uh, purchased a fairly new home in, in East Texas before I went to Bible school. And when I went down there, I couldn't sell the house, so I had to rent it. I got some renters in. They wouldn't pay rent. So here I am, and of course, uh, we didn't live on the streets, you know, we had to have a house down there. So we had a house, and and John and Steve were, uh, not Steve, Steve wasn't born then, John and Roy were uh, fairly small. And I was working, I got so tired, working full-time, going to Bible school uh, full-time, and I was just burned out. And... I, I was running out of money. In fact, after a while, I mean, I really ran out of money. And when we go to the grocery store, we'd go, at that time you could get canned goods. You'd get like 10 or 12 cans of canned goods for a dollar. Now, that keep in mind, now that's back in 1963, I think it was. So we'd go in, we'd like, We'd buy like 20 cans of, of canned goods, and that, that was enough to last all week along with a few other things and feed the kids and make my lunches and, you know. I mean, really, you have, that's the way we had to do it. I didn't have any money, and I was trying to pay bills. And would you believe, with those little children and everything, my refrigerator quit working. I mean, it just quit. And would not run. And I did not have the money for a repairman. And I said, what am I going to do? One night I was sick and I didn't go to work. And I was I was real concerned about worrying about it, actually. Now, what am I going to do? And God just quickened my heart. And I went to him in prayer. And I began to pray. I just felt, man, my back's up against the wall. I'm going to have to pray. I prayed. I saw God. Now... As sure as I stand here, the Lord spoke to me and said, Look, if I can heal a body that's sick, I can take care of this refrigerator. And when he told me that, I got up and went in the other room. I mean, everyone was sound asleep in my home. I put my hand on this refrigerator and prayed for it. 
And I tell a lot of people, you know, I mean, that's funny, you know. But boy, when you don't have any money and you have bills and you don't have but just a little bit of food and it has to be refrigerated. And there I was, and I prayed for this refrigerator. And the Lord spoke to him and said, plug it up. I had it unplugged. <clears throat> I plugged it up, and it started running. And it started freezing in the freezer part. I was so happy. I'm telling you. I was so happy about that. In fact, we kept that refrigerator. That refrigerator kept running. I don't know what the problem was. I have no idea. Now, some may say, well, there wasn't much wrong with it to start with. It doesn't make any difference to me. It wasn't running. And, you know, if it's not running, it's it, if the motor's burned out or if it's just a short in the wire or whatever. But we actually had that refrigerator when we moved here to Madison in 1972. We had taken it all the way from from Houston up to Cushing, Texas, from Cushing up to Shawano, from Shawano to La Crosse, and back here. And we had it. It was still running when we purchased a new refrigerator. We just decided it was too small. It was a small unit. Now, see, here's a case. You know, I worried about this, but worrying does not help. It does not help. You can't. You cannot heal your body by worrying. In fact, if, if you're the type of person that you worry about your health, you put yourself in a very vulnerable position to become extremely ill just through worrying about yourself. You know that? You really do. Now, we got a lot of hands that, that uh, are raised. Uh, we got uh, a couple of sisters back here, Sister Rowan. You, we'll, we'll, we'll take yours, if we, but uh, let's go to someone who has not. First, Sister Carol Becker, we'd like for you to stand in this. Then Sister Wittenbach. Can you hear her? You probably can, and I can't. Oh, go, go ahead.
Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Sister Wittenbach. Yes, you do. Yes. That's it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
You're doing a good job. <clears throat> Lean not. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's rejoice with Sister Wittenbach. Would you do this? Oh, God. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes. Oh, God. 
Praise God. Again, let's lift our hands. Would you do that? Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like for you to stand if you would. Um, many hands went up, and I, I wish that we had more time for testimonies, but our hour is up. We do have classes that will be coming back. We're going to have to do this again in the near future. This is so edifying, so beautiful. Praise God. Let's sing the chorus just to walk with Him. means everything to me. Now, before we start it, let me just... I remember must have been about seven years ago, a young lady came to our church, received the Holy Ghost, we baptized her. She had a live-in boyfriend, and what happened was that she was convicted of what she was doing, so... She went back and told her boyfriend she was moving out, and the boy became extremely upset. So he went to see his pastor. At any rate, his pastor told him what he was doing was okay. In fact, the pastor even came to talk with me. He said, well, they love each other. What's wrong with this? I said, well, it's just scripturally not right. But the boyfriend got so upset, my phone rang. That's when we lived over where brother and sister man were living, he told me who he was. And he told me, he said, I'm going to, I'm coming to your house right now. I'm going to kill you. That's what he told me. So uh, I said, well, how long do you think it would take you to drive over here? And he said, probably 30 minutes. I said, well, let me tell you how to get here. If you're coming down I-94, which you will be from Watertown, uh, <clears throat> take the end exit towards Sun Prairie. This is a little faster way. And, and then you take a left on County Trunk, TT. And then TT comes into T. And uh, just before you get to the interstate, you take a right on Felon Road. And I live the third house up on the left. That's uh, 4873 Felon Road. He said, now, don't, preacher, don't get smart with me. He said, in fact, I have my deer rifle out and I'm ready to come. I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, I gave my heart to God many years ago just in order to go to heaven. And you can't threaten me with heaven. So when you tell me that you're going to kill me, that's no threat to me. You cannot threaten a Christian with heaven. You see, in prayer many times, I may have never been called, caught up to the third heaven like Paul, but I tell you, I've tasted of heaven and the presence of God too many times for me to dread dying and to worry about it. Praise God. It, it's one of the most glorious feelings in the world. To have the security, the knowledge, the understanding that you're right with God. And if for some reason you pass from this life, you'll be in the presence of God forever. Let's sing this. And if we have anyone that would like to step out and come and rededicate their life to God, or any visitor who would like to come and give their life to God, now is the time for you to do it. 
Just come and gather around the pulpit in this area. Someone will come pray with you. Let's sing it now. Just, Just to walk with Him means everything to me.